This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Gohei hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for a little A's baseball here today from the Valley of the Sun. And we are going to be talking about the St. Louis Cardinals as we continue our training camp previews. Cardinals, very interesting as they've kind of changed. They've gone through some, they had a great year last year, got bounced quickly by Philadelphia, bad taste in their mouth. They changed the, what, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, uh, made some changes, got some new faces. We're not going to have to, uh, Hear about Albert Pujols in retirement anymore, but they are the front runner, in my opinion. If I'm betting money, I'm betting St. Louis all day long. I'm not buying into the hype of the Milwaukee Brewer machine. So we'll talk to Katie Wu. Who is she with? The Athletic. She's with The Athletic covering the Redbirds. We'll do that at 1130, and we're going to have Johnny Doscow coming up here. Uh, Dosco. Uh, Johnny Dosco will be here. Why did I say cow? Johnny Dosco will be here at 1230. What are we playing today with Johnny? Know your Mariners. Oh, wow. Should be easy. Divisional opponent. My answer is either Griffey, A-Rod, Ichiro, or Randy Johnson. Uh, Okay, there's a couple of those in there. Keep it easy. I mean, who else could it be? Then there's there's also then there's also a question about – Jay Buhner. There's also a question out there. Alvin Davis. You don't even know who Alvin Davis is. Uh, Jay Buhner. I mean, the guy that uh, George Steinbrenner traded for to from the Yankees to the Mariners and George. Do you know Alvin Davis? He was an original power hitter there at the Kingdome. Uh, no. But George Costanza's father, Frank Costanza. Mark Langston. Mark Langston, yeah. San Jose State. That's the only reason I know him. And um, the Angels. I'm interested to know your Mariners. we playing the Mariners today? Yeah. Uh, one of the questions about food at the T-Mobile Park Best food in the big leagues. Yep. So one of the oh. Johnny, know your Mariners, Johnny. Especially if you're going to travel. We got to we, we, we got to get we got to get Johnny up to Safeco or T-Mobile now. T-Mobile, yeah. Um, I, I got to tell you, I, I've been. I think I've been to every. I haven't been to Cincinnati. I haven't been to the New Atlanta, but I've basically been to every ballpark. I got to tell you, Seattle's food is without a doubt. 
the finest in baseball. Like, a four-game set there, you'd need four games. Because you've got the dim sum and you've got the whole thing behind home plate, which is incredible. You've got lobster rolls. I know this wouldn't be up to, for you, but lobster rolls out in left center. I mean, they've got all kinds of food, different options there. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. they got a great – you know the cool thing about their ballpark, too, is everybody wants to crap on the retractable roofs. Um, but they're the one ballpark that when their roof is closed, you don't even notice it. Like, you just don't it's, – it's so nice – when it's open during the day, obviously, but, you know, Major League Baseball, we mostly play night games. But, like, when when, they're, when it's closed or opened at night, you can't really tell because the sides are open. And it's always got that cool feeling of Seattle. So, I don't know what year they opened up Safeco Field, but they did an outstanding that, – that is for sure kind of like Camden Yards and what we want to do out Howard Terminal is you want to design a ballpark that lasts, that is great through the ages. I mean, I'll give the Giants credit with, uh, what are they calling it now? Uh, Oracle. Oracle. Not Roracle. Roracle. Roracle, AT&T, SBC, Pac-Bell. I mean, you want to design something that looks good and lasts the test of time. And I think, uh, you have you been to Seattle, right? Yeah, I love that ballpark. I got to say. I know everybody, I mean, everybody, if you took the, the, the water views away, and I'm not, and this is not a biased A's opinion. I've said it. I like Oracle Park. The Giants did a great job with it. But it is not my favorite ballpark by any stretch of the imagination. It's just crammed in. I I think safe, I always call it safe go. I think Oracle is. T-Mobile. T-Mobile to me is, it is awesome. It is a legit ballpark for a lot of the, the newbies. Camden Yard still is incredible. And you can go around Minnesota, by the way. Have you ever been to Minnesota? I have not been to Minnesota's ballpark is incredible. That, have I ever told you the story about walking Brent Musburger around there? I feel like I was walking around with Elvis Presley. Yes, real quick. Uh, today's game at Hoho come against the Mariners has been canceled due to inclement weather. So there is no A's Mariners today at 1 o'clock. What? That's what that's what Twitter tells me. Our our Ace Communications, Martin Gallegos is there, Matt Kawahara. So so I didn't take the day off on my birthday, and they're gonna and they're gonna and they're gonna. I'm working, but they're not. That's how it's gonna gonna go. Wow. By the way, happy birthday! Thank you very much. Fifty one. We we broke down the list that you share a birthday with some pretty big heavy hitters. I I, I do. I I was really impressed with the. Uh, in the entertainment business, March 15th, the Ides of March, is a uh, very big day for a lot of famous people, including yours truly here. I mean, I don't know if you could say, are you going to play the song? I mean, Brett Michaels and I, I mean, very similar careers. Very similar career. Been a little rocky at times. <laughs> Every rose has its thumb. The ballads of the hair rock of the eighties. Poison. Were were were, were the greatest. Um, you know, you you've come up here with some great numbers about the A's and the starting rotation. 
and I was looking over this last night, and it's funny, when you start talking about, well, okay, you're going to have Blackburn, you're going to have Fuji, Rusinski, and then it's kind of like, all right, is it Muller? Is it Waldachuk? Is it Sears? All are throwing the ball well. And I was just thinking about it, going, it's going to be all of them. You're going to need Martinez. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of guys we're going to – the other guy from uh, Atlanta that we got. Uh, Mahler? No. I oh, Freddie Tarnock. Tarnock. You, yeah. You're going to need all these guys. We're going to literally – so whatever we start the season with, whether it's five, whether it's six-man rotation – we are going to need all these guys, and it's just crazy to think, like, if we're going to be somewhat competitive, what we're going to need from a starting rotation and looking at the numbers. And the basically the Korean Shohei Otani, which is Rusinski, <laughs> through, right? Yeah, he pitched well yesterday. He was, they say he was like the shining star in the KBO for multiple years. They just absolutely loved him. He threw the ball. So you're starting to see, like, who's going four, who's going five. This will, this will start to play out in front of our eyes. When I was just down there, would have been Sunday was when J.P. Sears and Scottsdale threw yeah. five innings. So you, if, you've, if you've got. Let's just say six guys, all ending spring training, able to go five. You're now seeing, okay, maybe they go five. Maybe they go six. They have the options. And the guy who's really the most impressive out of nowhere, and I couldn't be more happy for him, is Adam Aller. I, I, I remember, I will not, I, this fan who texts me, very good friend, who basically said Adam Aller is the worst pitcher he's ever seen. He's a, bit, a he's a loyal A's fan. I'll write it down for you later. Bit harsh. I never want to see him again. And I'm like, whoa, settle down. You create. You tr- he's part of the Chris Bassett trade, which means you've got to give him some time. And then over time, we've documented it with him how Stephen Vote helped change him. We talk about the mental side of the game. It wasn't the physical side. was the mental side. It really changed for him. And then, of course, what happens has a very good last, I don't know, would say month and a half, and now has carried that over. And you see, you know, this kid's got a pretty good arm. At one point, he was the top uh, minor league pitcher for the New York Mets. He won that award for them. So, obviously, he has a lot of talent. Do we have Katie with us now? Yeah, she's here. Katie, welcome to A's Cast Live. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm, I hear a happy birthday is in order. Well, thank you very much. We're rained out in Arizona. Hard to believe. How has the weather been for you guys in Florida? Well, I'm at the World Baseball Classic right now. Oh. I'm at this dome at Lone Depot Park. I have no idea what time of day it is or what the weather is like. <laughs> How much are you enjoying the WBC and covering it? You know, I always said before I got a chance to cover it professionally that the World Baseball Classic was one of my favorite events just to watch as a fan. And it has, I think, certainly lived, lived up to the expectations. I mean, the atmosphere here is electric. The, the teams in Pool D, the fan bases just the, the embrace of, of each country and each culture, it's been so special to see. You know, the one thing that, that I don't like, because I think a lot of us already know going in, we know what it is. This is not going to be 
all in, we're going to grind pitchers this early, potentially where guys can mm-hmm. get injured. We're trying to grow the game. Whenever I see the clips from Taiwan or Japan and the fans having a great time, how special it is, Shohei Otani hits a home run and everybody's passing the ball in the outfield. So, so everybody gets cool. Touched. Yeah, I mean, we're growing the game. So as someone who's, who's covering right now, when you hear that there's people that are negative about it, what do you say to the people who have their questions about the WBC? I understand, especially for a Team USA perspective, that, okay, it's not the star. Some stars are opting out because they, they're they ramping up in spring, and I get that. But to me, this tournament is about exactly what you said, Tony. It's about growing the game. And you see how these cultures – I mean, I'm so lucky to see the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, yeah. uh, Israel, Nicaragua even turned out so heavily for this tournament here in Pool D. And to see the way that baseball is played – for each country, I think allows us as fans and those who cover the game to appreciate it a little bit more. We have a, we see a lot of gripes uh, during the MLB season about how different players celebrate home runs or strikeouts, but then you see how they celebrate with their country and their teammates, and it allows you a better understanding of why players do the different things that they do. And to me, that helps grow the game exponentially. Baseball is not just you know MLB. Baseball is actually one of the most universally played sports in the world and we're able to see how each country here plays it and celebrates it uh based on what they know and i think that's just fantastic yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter what sport you play in doesn't matter what titles you've won it doesn't matter how much money you've made all these guys and gals who talk about playing for their country and playing in the olympics it gives a lot of these players that kind of feel so it doesn't matter if it's basketball it doesn't matter if it's tennis golf whenever anybody gets into the olympics they go it's it it changed changed me as a person you know, football is the one sport. Those guys will never get that opportunity, at least with the World Baseball Classic. These guys, for all these different teams, will get – I mean, it's not the Olympics, but at least they'll get that feel one time in their life. Yeah, I completely agree, and you're seeing these passionate responses even in the opening rounds, and I think it says all you need to know about this tournament and what it means to the people playing and wearing the uniform. All right, St. Louis Cardinals last year had a terrific year, but boy, did it end fast, and it was it was not good, right? And the Phillies go on, and they go on to the World Series. So how is Cardinal Nation feeling going into this year? You know, I think Cardinals fans are a little trepidatious, and rightfully so. I mean, you had things go so well for the Cardinals in 2022. You had an MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. You had Yadier Molina's final year. You had Albert Pujols come back, and not only did he come back, but he resembled the Albert Pujols as Cardinals fans knew him for the first (laughs) decade of his career, right? He was 42 years old, and he looked like what I remember him doing as a child. Um, And then, of course, there was kind of the infamous meltdown in the wild card series. Now, the Cardinals did not make a lot of uh, moves over the offseason with the exception of Wilson Contreras. Obviously, they needed to add a catcher with Yadier Molina retiring. Contreras seemed to be a two two birds, one stone kind of deal. They got the catching help that they needed, and they got a big power bat that they can put behind Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. So the reason the Cardinals didn't make any really a lot of moves outside of that is that the front office believes they have all the pieces they need to succeed now. And certainly when you look at the names I mentioned, like Goldschmidt, Arenado, you have Lars Newbar, who's become an international sensation yes. uh, playing in Japan. Tyler O'Neill is coming back from a healthy year. Jack Flaherty's coming back for, uh, and looking for a healthy year as well. Those are the names that they're banking on, and that's kind of why they didn't make a lot of offseason moves. But that does leave Cardinals fans maybe wanting a little bit more. But we'll see. Certainly the Cardinals are in a good position come the trade deadline to make any moves be lacking then. 
I'm going to be real interested when Newt Bar comes back because once we start seeing him giving the pregame speech to Team Japan, right, when he starts to kind of become a, a, a social media uh, star, what it will be like for him when he comes back. And we know how great the Cardinal fan base is. I, I think the reaction to him and all these different ballparks when they travel will be very interesting. What do you think? I think the way the reason Lars Newbar is able to be so successful with these kinds of things is because he is just so naturally charismatic. I mean, he is the he keeps the clubhouse light. There's a lot of intense competitors in that Cardinals clubhouse. There's Nolan Arenado, Adam Wainwright, um, Paul Goldschmidt. Those are all guys that keep things very tight, very Cardinal way, if you will. Lars Newbar comes in and he's kind of the fun guy. He's the guy that gets everyone to laugh when they don't want to. He keeps things relaxed. I mean, he lived with Nolan Arenado. And to me, you could not pick two opposite personalities to be living together than Lars Newbar and Nolan Arenado, but Nolan loves his energy. So Lars going overseas and having that success both on the field and off the field, to me, that's just who he is. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Lars Newbar does have a, a great chance to advance and he has a lot to gain this season i mean he only has a little bit of a year of service time and the cardinals have counted on him to play every day so big opportunity for lars newbar and he's certainly off to a good start with team japan well arnado leaving coors field and proving to everybody what a great player he is i i think no question is going to have a plaque in cooperstown someday he's one of the greatest third basemen who has ever lived he's got all that he's got platinum gloves gold gloves 10 straight gold gloves he's got the power he's done everything and then Paul Goldschmidt, hard to believe he finally won an MVP award at age whatever it is, 35. I mean, to have the MVP and the guy who finishes third in the race, I mean, the, the two corners, just talk about how special it is there in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, and what's even more special is I think that they're actually really good friends. They we, they joke that they do everything together. It's They go back-to-back -back often. They actually hit their first home runs of the spring back to back so the running joke at least for me is that they're just kind of like best friend goals but certainly those are the two cornerstones that as a franchise you build around Nolan Arnato not opting out declining his last opt-out clause means he's going to a cardinal until at least 2027 Paul Goldschmidt has two years left on his deal there has not been any talks at least to my knowledge of an extension but it's hard to imagine Goldschmidt finishing any his career anywhere but St. Louis those are the kinds of guys that make up championship caliber ball clubs. The Cardinals have not won a World Series since 2011, and I know I'm going to get some eye rolls from different fan bases, but that's a long time for this franchise. Uh, they've had some success, of course. No, I know, I know it's happening. I go on the NL Central podcast all the time, and Reds fans yeah. email me like seriously, and I get it. I do. Oh, you poor St. Louis Cardinal fans! I fit. You know what? That's what we're going to do. The rest of my birthday, I'm going to be like, man, I feel bad for you people. You haven't won since 11. Oh. I know. It makes me laugh, too. But, you know, that's the standard that these guys are yeah. looking to. I mean, you know, Goldschmidt and Arnado also have never won a World Series in their career. That's certainly a big reason why they wanted to come to St. Louis, a team that's more or less in contention every single season. So as much as they have writing on for personal expectations, their team expectations are just as heavy. Yeah, we always think about the New York Yankees. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the, the San Francisco Giants, all those mm -hmm. years, even the A's from Philadelphia to Oakland. We have a bunch right. of World Series titles. But the Cardinals' consistency, I don't think people understand on the East Coast or the West Coast. I don't think they understand how big the Cardinals' fan base is because the Cardinals' fan base goes all the way down into Texas. It reaches throughout the entire Midwest. It is just massive, truly one of the great franchises. Uh, when I look at two guys, Walker and Wynn, these prospects coming up, mm -hmm. Walker's a big 6'5 guy that hits a ton of home runs. Wynn is this shortstop. So we've always known 
the Cardinals, the Redbirds, to bring players up. Are these the next two great guys that we should all be looking at, especially for a lot of people out there who play fantasy baseball? Absolutely. You know, Mason, when I think we'll start with him, he's definitely not going to make the opening day roster. And the expectation wasn't that he would, um, you know, he's never played above double A, but he definitely seemed to be much more advanced than I think maybe media and fan expectations and player development this spring. He's played a lot. I think, you know, he's a lot closer to the big leagues than maybe his initial picture. Jordan Walker, though, I think has every chance to make the opening day roster out of camp. He is an impressive five-tool talent. He's considered one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, the Cardinals have always been pretty sturdy about not promoting their top prospects unless they've earned a chance or an opportunity to play every single day. What Jordan Walker has been doing offensively, defensively, his poise, his mannerisms, to me, he looked like he's straight up won an opening day spot. Um, of course, there's still roughly two weeks of spring to go, and lots of things can happen between now and then. But if I'm the Cardinals and I'm looking at Jordan Walker and what he's done this spring and every test that they've thrown at him, to me, here's your opening day, somewhat corner outfield, either left field or right field. Well, you think about the pitching staff, and Wainwright could have easily said, I'm going out with Yachty, I'm going out with Albert, and he went, whoa, 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 I'm not done yet. And I know, it, I know the last month wasn't great for him, but I believe he's 41 years old. He wants to go out when he wants to go out. He's truly been one of the great pitchers of his time. If I see anything that we look at with the Cardinals that may be a problem, would you say it's the starting staff? I would, and that's because there's just so many questions involving health with these guys. The Cardinals projected starting five is Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, and Stephen Matz in no particular order. Seriously, they have they've yet to decide what order these guys are going to be throwing in. And those are all five veteran talents with respectable service times, and they've been around the league with a pretty considerable reputation. But there are some injury concerns, and there are some age concerns. You know, the Cardinals don't have that true number one ace-caliber starting pitcher that most playoff-caliber teams have. What they do have are four to five quality options that can throw every single day. They're probably not going to scare you. But you do know that if you throw any of those five guys out, you have a reasonable chance for a quality start. When you have the offense that they're projected to do, you can get away with that. I think the game changer for this rotation is a healthy Jack Flaherty. He could be that ace. It has been a minute since the Cardinals have seen him in that 2019 video game-esque performance that he put on where he established himself as one of the rising pitchers in the National League. But he's been hampered by injuries for two years. This is Jack's last year before he's eligible to be a free agent. He's got a lot riding on him this season, but... The Cardinals, one of the big reasons they did not go out and get a starting pitcher this season is because they believe in what Jack Flaherty can do. So it's his chance to earn it and run with it. John Mazalak made a very interesting decision changing managers. And I don't know Marmol. I mean, you know him. I We don't. We're just seeing it from afar. But Ollie Marmol, uh, it did end great last year as we started with. You've now changed your coaching staff, hitting coach, pitching coach. You've changed all that. How big of a year is this for this young manager? You know, I think it's a big year, but I don't think Ollie's doing it that way. One thing that I've, I've seemed to re uh, realize about Ollie Marmol and his managing tactics is he is very even-keeled. Whatever challenge is thrown at him, he weathers, and he said, okay, that's baseball. Um, the losing the hitting coach and the pitching coach and Mike Maddox and Jeff Albert, of course, wasn't necessarily expected from the front office, but they feel really comfortable in who they've added in Turner Ward, a longtime MLB hitting coach, and Dusty Blake, who the organization considers to be a rising star in pitching development. So... For Ollie Marmol, it's the same old keep the honesty, keep the composure in the clubhouse. One thing that he really thrived on last season was incorporating kind of a versatile lineup. You rarely saw Ollie use the same lineup twice in two days. That's also because the Cardinals have a bit of a luxury in their infield. They have a ton of versatile pieces that can play multiple positions. So 
I'm expecting more of the same for Ollie Marmel, which was just constant managing the chaos, which I guess is pretty much what a manager's job description is anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're, we're big fans of The Athletic. We have a lot of people on the show on a regular basis from The Athletic. I tell everybody, you want great journalism in sports, and it doesn't. we're just not talking baseball. You football, basketball, soccer, you name it, all the major sports. The Athletic is second to none, and I think especially during the WBC, you guys have absolutely killed it. You've been so much better than MLB.com. If people have been interested and they want all the stories, you guys have been second to none. So continue the great work. We truly appreciate it as baseball fans. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the A's coming to St. Louis this year. It'll be great. You take care. Be well. Katie Wu covering the Cardinals and the WBC for uh, for the Athletic. And, yeah, I mean, you, you want to know what's going on in the WBC? Because MLB.com, everything's kind of just been fluff pieces. I mean, what's going on with all the different teams and different parts of, of the world? This game's being played all over the place, right? The Athletic has if – you, if you're into it, the Athletic has got – I mean – I just kind of check it out, right, so I kind of know what's going on. Like, we got uh, some big games coming up here, but the Athletic has got you covered. There's no question. Yeah, and I think U.S. plays – I think we play tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and we got Puerto Rico going to be playing. Um, it's a winner-take-all game. Oh, really? Is this week? Today? Tonight. Oh, tonight. Okay, well, I think we – do we play in games for college basketball? That's what I – my my. Con- I know. I, you my consumption are- last night was Pitt, Pitt was in the play-in game, and – Pitt's moving on. They're going to beat Iowa State. Just let everyone know you can pick the 11 over the 6 in that one. Well, you're so worried about Aaron Rodgers. and the I mean, potential New York Jet Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you've been, you're so worried about Gang Green, as they call them. God, I got the notification last night. Where is it? Americans can advance to the World Baseball Classic quarterfinals with a win versus Columbia on Wednesday. And then is it? It's Puerto Rico. Is it Puerto Rico? We play. We play Colombia tonight at seven. Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic play today at eight, four it. o'clock. That I mean, that's two powerhouses yeah. going after it. See, Johnny what Cueto. time is that? Four o'clock. I'm taping that game. Johnny Cueto you, pitching. You've got stars. You've got. See now. All right. Uh, I'm interested in that. Dominican Republic against Puerto Rico, winner-take-all game. Yeah, I'm interested in that. You, you don't want to – I mean, if people want to watch Venezuela and Team Israel playing right now and Mexico and Canada play later today at, at – Urquidy uh, going for Mexico. Yeah, uh, noon actually. So everything's on Eastern time. So, yeah, noon, uh, Mexico and Canada play. Yeah, if you're into this – and I'm not telling you not to be, enjoy it. I mean, this is cool. It's got a – to me, whenever your sport is growing the game, you know, people will criticize whatever they want to criticize, right? But whenever your stars are playing in different parts of the world and you know who was the best at this, there was one sport that was better than anybody at this. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they conquered the world market. Who am I? Who was the person and who was the sport that made this happen? Again, I feel like the easy answer is soccer because of the oh, World Cup. Ooh, but I'm going to say I'm, I'm thinking you're leaning towards basketball and Michael Jordan. Soccer was already international, right? And really looking at soccer, I, I, soccer to me is not even in the conversation because soccer has never been huge here. It's always been huge overseas. We're talking about huge here 
and then went to the global market. Mm-hmm. Soccer was already in the global market. Yeah. So right? uh, it'd be a reverse. It's how do you get soccer to be as yeah. big globally as it is in the United States? That's been the dilemma. Um, it was David Stern, the former commissioner, one of the great commissioners in the history of American sports, who basically helped make the dream team happen, right? They played on this whole, oh, we're tired of our college guys getting beat, and this is our game, basketball, so we're going to send the pros. And if you follow the Dream Team documentary, this had nothing to do with the United States. They played it off. Oh, we're going to get magic. Bird was done, but they're like, come on, Larry, we apply. And you'll get all the guys there, and they try to act like it was for Team USA. It was basically a global promo for the NBA. That's what it was. And David Stern made that happen. And then they realized, you know how big China is? You know what the market time? I mean, we could, which is getting very explosive, very political. I get it. I'm just telling you from a sports standpoint, basketball new, big dollars in China. And next thing you know, there's little kids walking around, and there's billions of people, and there's a lot of Jordan jerseys, and now there's a lot of Steph Curry jerseys. Basketball realized the American market was kind of tapped out. You know, we're only going to get so much from the American market. We're going global. And the NBA did that. So whenever golf could get Tiger Woods playing somewhere internationally, it was good for the PGA Tour. Wherever you can get your stars playing somewhere globally, man, it is good for your sport. So is it bad that we've got teams in Asia playing right now? No, really good. When you got all those people fired up and Shohei Otani's hitting a home run and everybody's going crazy and they know he plays in America, big deal. You're just expanding your game globally. And that's the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Is everybody not all in? Seems like it to, for the most part. No, but is everybody? I mean, I mean, they, no. no Fan wise, no. Player wise, no. It doesn't matter. We're, glo- we're growing our game globally. Speaking of that, Italy and Japan tomorrow at uh, – no, well, that can't be correct. I'd be, I'd be curious. Like, Oh, yeah, I guess 3 a.m. our time. Like, are people in Italy watching it? Are they paying attention? I don't know. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious. Good, I, I know in Japan and I know in Taiwan, yes, they're all in. Well, yeah, remember I told you. In they love baseball. We know. I've been to Japan twice with the A's. Japanese culture loves baseball. Loves it. Can't I mean, get enough. I mean, I hope Team Italy's watching. I mean, just for the fact that they have an espresso machine in their dugout. I mean, that should make people want to watch them that even more. That's pretty funny. And Nespresso is it Nespresso? Nespresso. That's why I said to my wife when she told me, like, did George Clooney bring it to him because he's the <laughs> spokesman on the commercial. Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Did they, both of them bring it to them in their dugout? Did they bring it to Mike Piazza? Yeah. Who's the manager? Uh. You, and also, you mentioned soccer being up. I'm sorry. What's one of the most popular shows in the United States right now? Ted Lasso. Season three started last night. But Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, a- Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, do you watch Ted Lasso, right? Uh, I've watched. I'm in. I'm still in the first season of Ted Lasso. Okay, season three last night. He's having like fainting and yep. where I'm at. Yeah, it's uh, a very good show. Totally funny. Totally. Yeah. Um, Cardinals win the Central easily. You got a problem with that? Oh boy. You got a problem with that? You know I'm a Brewers guy. I, you got a problem with that? I can't believe I'm picking against my beloved Bucks who are previewing tomorrow. Uh, they're not, but they're not going anywhere. That's this gonna, year. huh? The Pirates aren't going anywhere this year, so I don't. Care. I can't believe we're doing it. But anyway, uh, you, 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 you. I don't. I still think the Brewers are going to be up there. How much? I'm saying easy win, 
I'm willing to put something on it. Oh, no, we have the Mariners winner. That's one we're going to say. Yeah, uh, Mariners, we have. We'll we, get to that. We, well, I'm putting a Mexican dinner on it, Mexican food dinner on it. Okay. You already owe me a steak dinner. I'm saying Mariners do not make the postseason regression. We're not going to have time for that today. We'll maybe do that tomorrow. We have a list of the top five teams that are going to go up and the top five teams that are going to go down. The teams going up, are you shocked? They're going to pick the Angels again this year. Uh, Again. Oh, my God. Will they never learn their lesson? Nothing ever shocks me when it comes to the Angels. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it for the Mariners. I don't know what the Brewers, although if you want to look at projections, Pakoda, cause that's who we always go to. Pakoda has the Brewers winning division Don't by a lot. And it's like a game. I think it's like 87 to 86 wins over the Cardinals. They have the Brewers winning. That's what I'm saying. I think the Cardinals roll the division. Did, some, you, did, did you know Paul Goldschmidt had never won an MVP? Yes. I, that was one of my buying or selling questions I had written down forever. That he was the best player in baseball to never to have not won a gold or to not have won an MVP award. Who is it now? The best player never to win an MVP. It's a National League guy. Let's make it easier for you. In my opinion, this is my opinion. So you're asking me a trivia question based off your opinion. Well, you can also base off stats too, but it's a, uh, how do my what I don't know. The, the answer would be Manny Machado. We'll probably do the best because Bryce Harper's already won. Goldschmidt won. I mean, I, would you rather have Arnado or or Machado? Arnado. Okay. All right. So you can you can argue them. But then again, I mean, I could say Manny really is shortstop. True. But so then again, would you? Then you would Manny you, probably still is the best shortstop on it, the Padres. Well, yeah. I mean, so would you? But then even that, would you, would you still take Arnado over him if he was a shortstop? I'm talking about just a player overall. No, I like Arnado. Who's got a better WAR? Career. Career. Let's see. Machado's career war right now is fit. Well, he's at fifty-two already. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, are not. I mean, uh, Machado's going to have a chance to be a Hall of Famer. Fifty-two point two, so they're similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, both guys could be Hall of Famers. I, 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 I think they. Both I've will said be. it before. I'll say it again. I am not a fan of Manny Machado. I am not. But the man is a baller, and he he will when it's all said and done, have a shot to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, right. But I don't like him. I'll admit it. I'm not a Machado guy. But Manny Machado is a flat-out baller. And all those years in Baltimore, even when they were bad, I mean, he was one of the best players. Yep, he was. He's Manny Machado, for God's sakes. He's he's basically he's he's the new version of and the clean version of A-Rod. Yeah, I mean, look at this. look at some of the – I mean – he put up 35, 37, 33, 37, 32, then 16 in the COVID year, 28 and 2021, and he hit 32 home runs last year. He's a great player. He's yeah. Manny Machado. Career I mean, 282 average. And you don't get a $300 million contract and then now an extension because you suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's seriously. crazy because he had his – His war- Baltimore years, and he was – like when, when Cody – here, put that, put that. When Cody's talking about these years hitting 30-something home runs, I, I know there was a bandbox there at Camden Yard. He's doing it at shortstop. Yeah. Like okay, you don't want a shortstop who hit 35, 37, 33, but, 37? I mean, come on. We're selling him short at age at age twenty two in twenty fifteen when he's playing shortstop. He played in every game, and he had thirty five home runs. The guy, the guy's great. I mean, last year his WAR was six point eight, and Arnado's was seven point nine. 
I mean, it's right. Wait, yeah, what, what, what is Arenado's career war? 52.2. Okay, I'm looking at Goldschmidt here at 58. Goldschmidt right now is at 58.5. Basically, he's a for sure Hall of Famer. If we're based off the 60 war, yes. So he'll pass 60 yeah, war he'll get this, this year. year. Yeah. By the time he's done, he's a 70, 70-something war guy he's in. Uh, Arnado, if he puts up anywhere near what he did Arnado's last year. Arnado's won a gold glove 10 straight years. There's six, no way he is yeah, not. Six platinum. He is no way not going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right, well, I think Arnado could be done today and he'd be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. If you're going to put in. I was going to say, would you have him or Scott Rowland? You're going to put in Scott Rowland. You're going to make a case for Scott Rowland, which I swallowed, which I went like this. I went. Okay, you're gonna put him in. All right, because I don't, re- I don't ever remember going to the ballpark, going, oh, he's playing today. I mean, when when you heard people, all of a sudden, started romanticizing about Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, he's big, he's athletic. Scott Rowland was this. Scott Rowland was that. I watched the videos. I watched all the Hall of Fame stuff, and I go, man. I've worked in this business a long time. I watch all the highlight shows. I do all of that. I don't remember anyone saying this stuff. Do you remember anyone ever with the Scott Rowland talk? Uh, no. Okay. Then again, I'm okay with him being in the Hall of Fame. I'm cool with it. Good for him and his family. He's a Hall of Famer forever, and his family for the rest of time can go see his plaque in Cooperstown, New York. I'm not going to hate. I'm just going to say – when we started celebrating Scott Rowland, I don't remember ever doing that in baseball. Nolan Arenado has been a phenomenal player in Colorado. People played the Hutz Coors Field, and then he said, I'm out of here, and he goes to St. Louis, arguably the best baseball city in America. I think if you had a vote, they're probably winning it, hands down. Um he goes there, and he's still the same guy. He's still greatness. Nolan Arenado is a baseball Hall of Famer right now. You take his offense. You take his defense. He right now. He's for sure, no question, Hall of Famer. I don't disagree. And his splits are not. I mean, he's won six platinum gold glove. gloves. No, but now I know not everybody had the. Yeah. But it, by the end of it, he'll be the only guy in the history of the game to chase Brooks Robinson for gold gloves at third base. And Brooks had 16? I think that was Something somewhere like that? on there, yeah. Let's see, Brooks I had. I mean, we, you would never thought anybody could be that close to Brooks Robinson. 16. 16. He's at 10. So to think that this guy is going to chase, I don't know if he gets to 16, but he's got 10. He's won 10 straight gold gloves. You don't put a guy in a Hall, Hall of Fame who's got 10 straight gold gloves? He's pretty good. I mean, come on. He had a good year last year, but it was, I mean, again. And what's great about talking about stuff like this is we have no dog in the fight, right? It's not like our bias come out with different. There's no bias with us in the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central. I mean, there's not. I mean, so it's like Goldschmidt, when it's said and done. He'll be into, I think. Yeah, he's got. He's got over 1,000 RBIs, 1,000 runs scored. He's just going to add to these totals. He's got a career 917 OPS. He's got a career 145 OPS plus. 
I mean, what do you? I mean, he's got fifty-eight point five career WAR, and he's still got X amount of years left. I was gonna say if you put and we love Joey Votto. If you put Votto in, then you have to put Goldschmidt. In. Their numbers are pretty comparable. And Votto's probably played how many years has Goldschmidt played? Votto's gonna be entering his seventeenth season. Jesus, Votto's played seventeen. Also, he's on Buster's podcast last week. Very good. Oh well, let's just compare. I'm not gonna tell you how many years. Don't look. Okay. How many home runs does the great Joey Votto have? Now, remember, only until t- a couple years ago, he cared about hitting home runs. Started caring about home How runs. How many? 342. Goldschmidt has 315. How many hits does Goldschmidt have? Uh, hits. Goldschmidt has 1750. All right. Yeah, Votto's over 2000. 2093. Well, this is going to blow you away. How many RBIs? Uh, 1,106. 1,106? All right. So... My man Goldschmidt's got 1,042. What's his OPS plus? OPS plus is 145. Same for Okay. So you're basically saying they're pretty similar. Yeah. They're not. Well, yeah, I'm sure Goldschmidt's played less years. Goldschmidt's only played 12 years. So his 13th year and Votto's entering his 17th. Goldschmidt's good. I, I love Goldschmidt. I, th- I loved him with Arizona, and I love him with St. Louis. I mean, wow! If we, if we, and, and Joe, Joey Votto has one of the greatest on-field mic'd-up moments from the Field of Dreams. Oh when, yeah, who are they playing that year? Wasn't that the Cubs? I don't, I don't remember. I thought it was the Cubs. But he has one of the best. His mic'd-up interview playing was phenomenal. Yeah, it was the Cubs. I'm a I'm a Joey Votto fan. Uh, I think he will get in. But you're talking about a guy who's played 12 years, has basically just – he's just a little less, but he's, what, four years? He's played four more years. And Votto's going to be 40. Goldschmidt's going to be, what, like 35? Yeah. So, I mean, that's saying a lot right there. For Paul Goldschmidt's caught Joey Votto, who's been this analytical darling. Joey, he's caught him in 12 years. Yeah. And Votto's close to – I think the, the Reds franchise record for home runs is – 389, if I'm not mistaken, by Johnny Bench. I thought Votto had a chance to get there, but he had a bad year last year. He the was year, hurt. But the year before, he was awesome. That's when he started caring about hitting home runs. Well, the thing about Goldschmidt, too, now that you throw the MVP on there, is, you know, people say, well, did he win the MVP? Did he do it? Well, Goldschmidt's going to have everything. He's going to yeah. have, have the traditional numbers. He'll have the analytics. He'll have the MVP. Uh, Cardinals, uh, this Jordan Walker kid who, who Katie was talking about, He's 6'5", 220, hit 33 dingers. I'm doing this for you fantasy people. Are we getting a fantasy league together? I, I, well, the, the we, were always told, we were always told we couldn't be in fantasy because we work in baseball. But I didn't realize we can't be in fantasy that's played for money. Correct. It has to be a league that's not for money. Yes, yeah, so I think that that's what they're, someone's working on. But we're not sure yet. Yes. Whether we just we're know, we just know, we just know it will will not be for money. Like obviously. we, like we can't. Like I now, ever since I became an A's employee, I just like nothing. I nothing. Um, like we can't even bet if we're in 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 Nevada, right? No, we're we're done. Yeah, on baseball, like I can bet football, but I yeah, can't baseball, bet baseball. No. I mean, it works out great for someone like me who doesn't gamble, but for other people who would maybe want to. Well, you can't you can't bet like win totals. No, or you can't bet. Whatever you, I, you can't bet, bet any of it. Couldn't bet W WBC. Can't bet futures. You can't bet. Do you imagine? Do you imagine if you're betting WBC right now? Uh, <laughs> what, I mean, so what's what is it? Plus plus. Hey, uh, hey. 
I knew Plus people. Plus 200 for Otani to win MVP. Back yeah. in the, my arena football days when I did TV for the Sabercats, there were people betting big money on arena because <laughs> Vegas really didn't know. So there were people that I know that were betting arena football because it took them a while. It took them really to figure out what they were doing. So people pounced on it. So you can bet on anything. They're betting on arena football. You can bet. I, you can bet on. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, and I'm not going to mention who he's affiliated with. We run spots for these people, but uh, um, what's the the game out of India? Cricket. Cricket. He bets cricket in India. There's short cricket games. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that too until I found until I know somebody who bets on cricket. I. There's there's a there's those super long games that last for days. Yeah, and then they play cricket right outside my house. I was gonna say they play down the street for me too. They play all they run out on Sundays. Cause yeah, same. <laughs> I live right across from the park, and it's where the little league fields are. They run out the the little league fields, um, but their shorter cricket games are like three four hours, and he bets on those. Um, there's a word that people use for that. It's called degenerate. It means <laughs> you need help. You need help. But, yeah, for fantasy baseball. I wonder if I can bet on WrestleMania. This As Mason win, he's a shortstop with, like, all the ability in the world. And this Jordan Walker, Jordan, what, 6'5", 220. Yeah. He's the next Albert Pujols, as they're saying, in St. Louis. He's supposed to be pretty good. Win, same thing. Shortstop, I mean, Paul DeYoung, his, uh, his his leash has to be short, even though they have him. Tommy Edmonds pretty good. They, they got him. They got Tommy. Actually, he's starting it short this year. Then who's playing second? They're going to have Brendan Donovan. Oh, yeah, he was good last year as a rookie. Right. I told you, Edmonds' war, Tommy Edmonds' war was, was over six, right? 6.4. That's pretty good. He's in the lineup. Stanford kid. He's in the lineup. Uh, enough with the St. Louis Cardinals. But I will, unless unless you want to offer something up, and you want to back anything up of your beliefs, regression, Brewers going down, Cardinals going up, Cardinals will win. Check the tape. Mark the tape. Cardinals win the Central. Not like I'm going out on a limb. I was going to say, the Cardinals won a division last year, so you're not really going on a limb. But it was their first division, (laughs) and they hadn't won in a few years. I know, yeah, I know. (laughs) They're back up. Cardinals back up dominating the Central. Uh, No, I'm not going to say anything. We'll see how I feel tomorrow when I – if I want to say the Pirates might finish with more wins than the Reds and the Cubs. I will yeah, say I this it. for John Mazalak, who took over for who? Uh, Walt Jockety. Yeah, I saw him on Saturday. This was an interesting scout's take. They are starting to tail off at developing their pitching prospects since they've gone heavily in analytics. Their number, I would say right now their number one guy was uh, Matthew Liber- Libertori or – um, and he came over from the Rays, and they were trying to develop him. He didn't pitch well the, f- the few times he pitched for the St. Louis. So I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I mean, look at their rotation. I mean, Jack Flaherty was the guy, and Flaherty has—I mean, Flaherty has been healthy. Wayne Wright's as old as I am. Yeah, well, I said he has more wear and tear on the body than you do. Yeah, I would say that. I would probably like when you look at. I beat up my body pretty good, but Wayne Wright, being a professional athlete, has probably uh, worn his body. Former out. closer, by the way, now for a World Series. For a World player. Series team, but he really wasn't the closer. But they they needed somebody. Yeah, somebody's got to get out. Well, I thought he was a really. I thought he was a reliever in the Brave system when he got traded there. Well, he was a starter, got hurt, and they brought him back, and they had him. What year was that? That was a long time ago. That what? World Series, they didn't have anybody. They won the World Series in 06. and he just came in flipping curveballs and closed games out for him. But he oh, wasn't. Sorry, a, they won the World Series in 05. Sorry, Wayne Wright. Um, he saved three games in two thousand six. 
So there you go. I thought he was a Was cr- that the World Series year? Uh, they won in 05. Uh, no, it was a. It was 06. Yes, 06 they won. Because 05 was the White Sox, then Cardinals, and then Red Sox. Then yeah, he was, not, he was not a closer. They didn't have anybody. So he was just coming out of the bullpen, flipping curveballs up there, and became the de facto guy. That's the great thing about the World Series. It's all hands on deck. Who gets hot is who plays. And we can't predict any of that. Yeah. When you have those moments of, okay, 06, right? You just, okay, here, here you got a guy like a young guy like Wainwright who, like, put him in the bullpen. We got we, we Somebody's got to get outs down there. How about the year before when the White Sox won and their starting rotation basically was going nine every game? Oh, that's when they had Burley and who was on that rotation? El Duque. I mean, they had all kind of, but they're, they're, their starting staff dominated the postseason. That was one of the trivia questions for Johnny S.A. if we had it for the White Sox. Who hit the most famous home run during the 05 World Series for the White Sox? That's Jeff Blum. So, uh, I forgot. I think I asked the, the great Ray Ray Jensen, the karate kid, and he said uh, Jermaine Dye. Like, Jeff oh, Blum. He's got a statue. And he goes, I can't believe I forgot Blummer. The rotation that year for them was Burley, Freddie Garcia, John Garland, El Duque, and Jose Contreras. It's a pretty good rotation. Yeah, and in the and in the playoffs they were going like nine every game. Or I mean they went deep into every single game. Their closer that year was Dustin Hermanson, who had thirty four saves. So it just it just shows you like people can win the World Series in different ways. Now, I don't want to rely on the outlier. I don't want I because because you know what happens when you rely on something that. Well, we're just going to get it. We're, we're going to use this now because it's working. Well, that doesn't work the next year. It just doesn't. Like, if you're going to be like, then that's one of the reasons why we don't see repeats because it's just so hard. I mean, we have not seen a Yan- – we haven't seen anything like the late 90s Yankees. It, we just haven't seen it. I mean, that's that's crazy. It's even more uh, uh, impressive that we're – I don't know it's impressive, but crazy that we haven't seen a repeat in the National League since the Reds in the late 70s. Well, I mean, you've only seen you've only seen I mean, in recent years and it's not even recent anymore cuz it's now over thir- it's 30 years where you had the Blue Jays go back to back and before that you had the A's go three straight years even though we only won in 89, they're still going three straight years. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen somebody go three straight years. Like when you talk about the 70s teams, 72, 73, 74, it makes sense because you had the same players, right? The core players. Mm-hmm. Now you brought some people in and out, but for the most part, yeah, we just saw the great Raleigh Fingers. We just saw Blue Moon Odom on Saturday night at Steve Vucinich retirement. I mean, you go down, you look at the roster, it's the same dudes, right? You see Catfish Hunter, you see Vita Blue, Reggie Jackson, Joe Rudy, Sal Banda. I mean, you got the same guys, right? But, you know, nowadays, you know, it's hard to have the same guys or have the same guys even come close to repeating what they did the year before. That's why as much as we hate them, the Yankees, you've got to respect what they were doing in the late 90s was just incredible. I mean, just think if Luis Gonzalez doesn't flip that one into center field and the Yankees would have won that, that would have been four straight World Series titles. That's insane. Could have been four, then they didn't make it in 02. And then 03, they were back in the World Series and lost They've the been to the playoffs every year since 03, right? They haven't missed a year. 
Oh, no. no they, Jeter's last yeah. year. Yeah, they didn't make it. Okay, it. other than Jeter's last year, they've been in the playoffs every year. It's pretty impressive. I know they haven't won it, but that's – I mean, they are really the mark of what you say a dynasty is. A dynasty is a super long period of time where you have consistency and greatness. So they had the three World Series titles, and actually they won, what, 96? Yeah. So they won 96 – 97, 98, 9, wait, no. 98, 98 99, 99, 2000, 09. But during all that time, they're always in the playoffs. That's what a dynasty is. Yeah, there's only two. We, we try and, like, a team wins a couple titles. Is this a dynasty? No. A dynasty is a long, if you look at the, I mean, if you look at the definition of a dynasty, it talks of, like, hundreds of years or decades or whatever. Look, look up the definition. I mean, you're never going to get this in sports, but – how do you really equate, like, a UCLA basketball, a Boston Celtics, uh, Montreal Canadiens? Spur- I think the Spurs are – There you go. Just The Spurs are a uh, dynasty, in my opinion. What they were able to do from, like, the late 90s all the way through with Duncan and um... – A succession of rulers of the of same, the same line. line. That's not a powerful family. There's – this is from Webster. This is from Webster. I hear so, you, yeah. but I've seen it before where it talks about years. I'm trying to see if there's anything. For so sports. I mean, that's why. That's why it's like when when teams win a couple and they start say, "Oh, we're a dynasty." You're like, eh, I don't know, man. Boston Celtics win in eleven titles in thirteen years. According to Wikipedia, it says a sports dynasty is a team or individual that dominates their sport or league for an extended length of time. So what's what should that length of time be? If we want to look at it, I mean, the Yankees are a good example. I think the Spurs are a good example because they did it for 20 years. The Spurs are in the playoffs for 25 straight years. Yeah, that's pretty that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's great. That's what it is, right? The, um, the Montreal Canadiens. The, the Detroit Red Wings until, like, the last uh, couple of years ago, they were in it for 25 straight years. They won multiple world, uh, multiple Stanley the, Cups. I mean, no question, the Patriots. The, the Patriots are definitely one. I would say the 49ers. Uh, from the late from the 80s through, yeah. The 80s through the 90s. What, the 49ers won at least 10 games for like 16 years. Do you count the A's? They won five Super Bowls. What about the A's as a dynasty in the 70s? I think they're close. Well, they went to the – see, that one's tricky. What about the Warriors? Four titles in, was it, eight eight years or whatever? See, we want to clarify, but it would almost need like the Warriors need to do it for like 15, 20 years. So they need to go from like – And you're going to need different players to keep it going. That's like what the Yankees did. Well, the Yankees had a lot of the same guys, but the Spurs did it. They went from it's Robinson. Like the Celtics. The Celtics had different players, and those 11. The Celtics won 11 titles in 13 years. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Right? I mean, you, you, you have the Spurs. You talk about the Spurs won five titles and were in the playoffs for 20-something years. They had different players. David Robinson was only there for the start of it, right? Yeah, yes. So there was always different. Here comes Manu Ginobili. Here comes different Tony Parker. Here comes different guys. So it's like the Warriors, yes, are the Warriors are like on a start of it. But if we really wanted to say what is a dynasty, you got to have supreme length. And that would be like because Steph Curry's not done. Klay Thompson's not done. They're going to still go to the playoffs. It's like the Warriors need to do it another would you say eight years? Like if they did it like another like seven, eight years, and all of a sudden you look up and they add another title and you said, hey, they won five titles in 15 years and they were in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they were in the NBA finals and lost. I mean, yeah, that to me is a dynasty. If, like the A's winning three straight 
you know, baseball, but it was like they were done by 75. Was, Not because of their own. It was Charlie Finley. Like, if that team got to ride it out and they had all – if they got to go through into the 80s, what that team could have been. Like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia definition for baseball. And like, of course, they have, like, the Red Sox and the Philadelphia A's, the Yankees from the 1920s. Yeah, the Philadelphia A's won a but, ton. But the more recent ones are the Reds in the 70s, the A's in the 70s, and the Yankees that we mentioned from – they put 96 to 03, but you can put 96 all the way Well, up. you know, the A's, if they would have brought it home in the 80s, right, 88, 89, 90, and kept trying to win through the 90s, right – Guys are going to play. Guys are going to get older, but you you restack. They were on the verge of being able to do that, right? Because yeah. maybe the eight, you would add some classic matchups coming up with the Blue Jays. Hopefully, there's no um, work stoppage in '94. And if the A's could have taken that into the late '90s, now you say there's ten years or so. Yeah, we 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 want it. We want to anoint people. They win a couple titles, and people want to call them a dynasty. You go, I hear you, and that's good to sell merch. Sells merch, yeah. right? You're selling merch, and everybody feels good about themselves to call themselves a dynasty. But if, if years from now, when we're all dead, will they? Here's a great, and it's a, it's a horrible way to look at it. But if if you really want to ask yourself, is your favorite team a dynasty? Was it really a dynasty? The question to ask is, when everybody who's dead who was a fan of the team and who covered the team and saw the team, will history look at you as a dynasty or not? Not not, not what they're printing T-shirts and not what the people who are biased and who cover you who and who love you. And I think the San Francisco Giants are a great example. Everybody around the Giants, we're a dynasty, three titles. Do you really think when we're all dead, years from now, they're going to look back and call that a dynasty? There's not a chance. Most likely not. Um, They're not. I was just looking, like, here's the NBA ones they have on here. The Bulls, okay, they won six titles. Uh, the Spurs. Yeah, but six titles in eight years, but then there's nothing before that and nothing after it. Yeah, they, haven't done they haven't done anything. So is that, I mean, that would be, that should be what would be the start, and you'd call it an early dynasty. Because there's not sustained, and it's not Jordan's fault, it's not Pippen's fault, uh, it's not their fault. It's ownership's fault, but it is what it is, right? Now, if they would have kept that team together and would have kept letting them go, Jordan had a lot left in the tank. Obviously, Pippen had a lot in the tank. Phil Jackson had a lot in the tank. If they would have let that team go, that truly could have been what you call a dynasty, close to what the Celtics did 11 and 13 years. I'm looking here now for the NFL. They say I'm looking more recent. Obviously, the Steelers of the 70s, the 49ers, 49ers, no, for you 49er fans out there, there's no question the greatness of Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, leading all the way to what isn't a dynasty? Well, there's no more Walsh, there's no more Montana, and what happened? They kept winning. Seifert and Young. Seifert and Young. So, I mean, that's what a dynasty is. The Niners, the Niners, that first Super Bowl team that they that they wanted to, where did the, who and where did the Niners beat in their first Super Bowl? Well, wasn't it at Stanford against the Dolphins? God, you don't know your history. Uh, Pontiac, Michigan against. What was the stadium? The Since s- blown up. Silverdome? The Silverdome. <laughs> WrestleMania three. you I was, should know I was that. Gonna, I was going to say WrestleMania. Greatest WrestleMania ever. Um, who did they beat that year? 
The Dolphin Day wasn't the Dolphins. It was two, a couple years later. Think, think the worst chili in America. Oh, the Bengals. Oh, my God. Was that Scott, Ken Anderson, a quarterback? Ken, Kenny Ball game. Great quarterback, Ken Anderson. But, yeah, so you think about that first team. Could have been the could have been them this year again in the Super Bowl. Think about this. Think about Joe Montana's first team with Bill Walsh, and then Walsh leaves, and then Montana wins another one. That's like a completely different team. And then think about the team that won with Steve Young when they beat the Chargers in Tampa. I mean, that's what a dynasty is, right? When we're talking about a dynasty, you had all those years of the Niners. It was at 16 years they won 10 games, at least 10 games, and only one, one of the years they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, something like that. It was crazy. That's a dynasty. Who was, was – you should know this. Who was the quarterback for the Chargers that year? Uh, that'd be the great Stan Humphreys. I love asking people that question. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, 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 that's what a dynasty is. The Niners were a dynasty. The Patriots, no question. I mean, there's, there's no way you can't – even though there's some cheating SOBs. Is there any way you can say the Patriots are not? No, I heard Howard Eskin, who does sports talk in Philly, say that if you think that Bill Belichick's the greatest coach in the NFL right now, you're wrong. You flat out don't know football. It's it's Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid's good. Belichick's won six Super Bowls. Six Super Bowls. Andy Reid's won two. He really said Andy yeah, Reid's a Andy better Reed. football coach yeah. than, than Bill Belichick? Yeah. Well, it's a Philadelphia guy. He's probably still a big Andy Reid guy. That makes sense. I mean, no disrespect, bro. Uh, you want to go back to the Giants and one of the greatest defenses of all time, the defensive coordinator with Lawrence Taylor and Carl yeah. Banks and those guys yeah. that won two Super Bowls? Who was that defensive coordinator? Uh, that'd be Bill Belichick. Here's who I they mean, had. If you're going to talk greatest football coach of all time, it's going to be Bill. If it's not Bill Belichick, it's Bill Walsh. I think the way they. The, where did the, Bill Walsh go to school? Where Where is Bill? Uh, there he is. Yeah. There he is. You want to know who the greatest football coach of all time is? Right there. The great San Jose State Spartan, Bill Walsh. Uh, I think this Wikipedia thing is just looking at how many championships you won in a certain amount of years. Because, like, I'm looking at hockey, and the most recent one they have is Edmonton, five Stanley Cups in seven years, which is great. But then Gretzky was gone, Messier was gone, Paul Coffey was gone. They like, didn't oh. sustain it. Yeah. Like, that was a, that what, was like a quick boom, we won everything, and then out. Like, what the Red Wings did from, the, like, the late 90s all the way up to, like, 2019 is, a, is to me, considered a dynasty. Multiple Stanley Cups. You're in the playoffs for like 25 straight years, like the Spurs. That's that's uh, maintaining success. Not hey, we made it to the playoffs for four years in a row, then we sucked again for five, and then you like, when you go in the Spurs, like teams are doing. Like, what are the Warriors going to do in a few years when Steph Curry's gone, Clay Thompson's gone? Dra- that that's the case study to watch because they already traded away the guy they thought was going to be the future and James Wiseman. So the, the whole this whole definition of dynasties is different to everyone, but I think you have to. Like you sustained it over a length of time, not just. And I think you got to have different players. That that's the thing that impresses me the most. That's what the Spurs did. They went from like you said, Robinson to Duncan, and then they had Ginobili and Parker, then Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Niners are a great example. You had multiple quarterbacks, you had multiple head coaches, you had multiple great players. Uh, the Patriots, even though the one constant is Brady. Look at all the – I mean, look at Brady's first teams versus his last teams that won the Super Bowl. Yep. you got to have different players. you got to have different people. That's how you sustain a long length. Like, look at the Yankees. If you look at the Yankees that won in 96 versus the Yankees that won in 2009, there's – what, Jeter's the only constant? From that, yeah, Mariano. Oh, that's right. He would have been a, a setup guy for who? John who? Wetland. John Wetland. So it's like, yeah, that's what you got to have a turnover, right? 
different manager. The Yankees didn't have the same manager. I mean, to me, that's when you should that that to me is really when you see what a, when an organization carries it for so long that it's not on the backs of like, oh, they did it because of John Elway. No, you got to carry it for a long time. One guy, even though, you know, could Jordan have played that long? Of course he could have. Brady's been able to sustain it that long, but they had a ton of different guys. I mean, look at the first Bulls championship team to the last championship team. Different dudes. Well, yeah. And, And, and of course, he went away because he was gambling, and they all want to act like that's not the case, but we all know it is. That could, have been, that could have been a trivia question for Johnny about who was the most famous player to ever play for the Birmingham Barons. Uh, see, if he, see if he said Jordan. And who on the A's staff gave up a hit to Michael Jordan? I think it was, from what I read, a first professional hit. I don't, I, I don't know how to verify that, and I don't know if he can verify that. But, but that's what how many people know that Scott Emerson gave it up? That's what it says. Emo gave up the hit to Jeter. First professional hit. I don't think it was a Jordan. First. Yeah, Jeter. Jordan, yeah. Maybe he gave up hits to Jeter. Emo's I mean, Jeter was in the minors then, too. I mean, I mean, it sounds like Emo gave it up to everybody. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Did I say that? <laughs> Scott Emerson will post you up, though. Scott, em- Scott Emerson is a hybrid between LeBron James and Larry Bird. We, we should ask him next time we see him. Give us the most. Give us the dynasties in basketball. I bet she says Bulls. I bet she says Spurs. I'm sure I'll probably say the Warriors. Yeah, you can't really go that. You can't. You can't go. The '80s there was too much between the to the Celtics and, and Lakers. They, they beat till beat each other. No one dominated. Well, there was you only gotta like, dominate. Wasn't like the only team to win in the '80s besides them two. Wasn't the Sixers the one year they won? Well, the Pistons won too. The bad boys. Oh, that was right. That was the late night. That was like late '80s yeah, into the, the Sixers. One won with Doctor J. Yeah, Julius the Doctor Irving. Uh, that was fun. I like doing that every once in a while, breaking away and talking other sports. Oh, we still cut the debate. So we're talking about dynasties. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, coming up next, we're heading back to the. No, 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 Johnny. We bumped Johnny. Oh, you bumped Johnny. You yeah. gave Johnny the day yeah. off. Yeah. Two days in a row, Johnny's had the day off. Oh wow, Jan- it's, it's, Johnny's already milking it. Remember this? Oh, he's coming up from the minor leagues, and no, Johnny's gonna everything about John. He's already like finding ways to get out of doing stuff. I'll ask you. I'll ask you. Uh, the I'm here. I'll it's my you. birthday. Where's Johnny? It's my birthday, and I'm here. How about I ask you the mayor? I'm not playing golf. I could have been playing golf today. It's not raining. No, I showed up for work. How about I ask you the mayor and distribute questions next? See if you know them. Uh, What was the thing that I really wanted to get into? I have this. uh, There's the sports psychology, the uh, mental thing, too, with Corbin. I read that article. Very good. Very good. Coming up next, probably you wouldn't have found it as our most interesting conversation of spring training, but – I think looking back on it now, the most fascinating conversation we had down at spring training and an article that recently was on ESPN.com really backs it up. Everybody can throw, everybody can hit. But how do you become elite? Next, right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. What was happening March 15th last year? The Masters? No, Masters is in April. But I thought you went to the Masters. Oh, you went to the Masters for your birthday. Uh, We're just coming out of the lockout in baseball. Weren't we in the lockout at this point last year? I think it was we were coming out of it, uh, close to it. Because all I know is last year on my birthday, I was playing Spyglass down at Pebble Beach for my birthday. This year I'm with you. Oh, well, sorry. With you. Hey, I give you a gift. Breaking news from The Athletic. I know a lot of you don't care about this. I get it, but you should. Because it's going to change. It's all going to change. I don't know how fast, but it's all. It's it's why we. I can't say it enough. It's why we created Ace Cast. Rangers notify. If you don't know, Diamond Sports went into bankruptcy last night. They're the, they got fourteen teams. Yep, fourteen. Fourteen teams. That's a problem. The Texas Rangers notified Diamond Sports they will terminate their media rights with the company. Wow. This is right before the season starts. And we're how many days? What's today? We're 15 days away from. It'd be like us saying to NBC California, peace out. (laughs) Right before the season starts. This is madness. Oh, my God, cable television and baseball, cable television in the NBA, cable television in the NHL is going to change in front of our eyes. That's a big deal, right? We're so used to how do we watch our sports? How do we how do we watch it? You mentioned the Masters. Well, I know the Masters first round, first two rounds are going to be on ESPN. Then Saturday and Sunday is going to be on CBS. I know that when I'm watching the NFL playoffs, I'm going to see it on Fox. I'm going to see it on CBS. I'm going to see it on NBC. You know, we know where we're getting it. Do you know in the next few years where you're going to be getting baseball, NBA, and hockey? No, we don't. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. The only only places I know where I can get A's audio content is A's cast, athletics.com slash A's cast if you're Listening, if you're watching, athletics.com slash acecast. You, you, you don't think this stuff happens fast, and you don't. we don't view, like, years, like, um, 2030. I mean, 2030 may be – I mean, we're at a point now. Uh, have you heard anything about Howard Terminal? Uh, no. Uh, neither have I. So, 2030 starting to look like a, a maybe a legitimate option. I'm going to tell you this. You, I can tell you our TV deal done will be done before that. With Comcast. What, 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 just not that far away. We're in 2023. In 2030, what will it, what will, what will baseball, NBA, and hockey look like 
How are you viewing it? How are you consuming it just by 2023? Realize we may see them like that's a long time, but in the history of the sports timeline, in the history of television, in the history of radio, in the, his, in the small history of the Internet and streaming, 2030 is not a long time away. How will we be consuming? Meet George Jetson, Jane, his wife. Remember the Jetsons? I haven't heard that open in a long time. What will we, how will we be consuming our sports in 2030? By that point, I believe just about everybody's whatever. I mean, first of all, half the sports contracts are worthless right now almost because you got the 18 Warner Brothers people, those teams, they want out. They don't want to cover it. They don't want to have to broadcast these guys' games anymore. That's like three baseball teams. You got the 14 teams on Diamond Sports. So that's over half your league, 17, has got a cable problem. So by 2030, what will it look like for NBA, Major League Baseball, and hockey? To me, that's fascinating, and we'll see. Baseball, baseball scrambling as we speak to figure out how to do it. Like, how are they going to help some of these teams if their games are not going to be broadcast on Diamond? Major League Baseball is coming up with their own cable system, which that's not sustainable. They said it. We were in San Diego. Commissioner said RSNs are not the future. These regional sports, because he knew what was, we didn't realize it was going to get this bad. Uh, regional sports networks are not the future of our sport, nor the NBA, nor hockey. And as we said yesterday, all the football teams have some type of deal with the locals. You know, their games are not played on there. They got coaches shows, preview shows, post-game shows. They're all in bed with these regional sports networks, and they're dying. By 2030, Hopefully, we'll still be working by that point. By 2030, how you can – it's going to be this. I don't even know what Ace Cast Live will – and Ace Cast will look like by 2030. But I'm telling you, it's all coming our way. It's all coming our way. And that gravy cable train is coming to an end. And now Sports League's got to figure out what's next. It's kind of scary if you think about it. That's why or I'm- it's great. Yeah, well, I mean, we, I mean, we're. I mean, not for. I mean, I mean, I look at it for us. I mean, this is that we're, we're, we're at least we're going in the direction that that is the future. Yeah. You want to hang on to cable? You want to hang on to it? Hang on to it. I get it. But I'll tell you what. By twenty thirty, don't think you're hanging on to it anymore. Yeah, you better be prepared. You know, people who hang on to something, any business, look at the newspaper business. The newspaper business tried to hang on. And they were late to adapt, and because of that, they're dead. And the, what's the most popular newspaper-based thing is the Athletic, and it's all online. So, I mean, they were ahead of the curve with it. And Wait, you don't get the Athletic on your doorstep or, or on your porch every day? Do they still do that? I'm asking seriously. Do they yes. still okay. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm subscribed to the Chronicle and Merck online, not the actual hard copy. Oh yeah, for sports, it's terrible. Like they they. I only I only get the Merc because I'm getting it for like a dollar for six months. Yeah, that's yeah, same. Black Friday deals, and the minute that's up, I I'm gone. I'm not. I mean, it's terrible. You mean you're, uh, you mean you're out. I'm out. When I'm out, I'm out. Okay, an interview on ESPN.com. The best pitcher in MLB. How Corbin Burns became an ace. Three straight years of 200 win, uh, 200 innings. Uh, he's won Cy Young. 
Guy's throwing a 98-mile-an-hour cutter, 96-98. He's just dominant. Even though you take him to arbitration and you say he's the reason you didn't make the playoffs, uh, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, but you name it. In all of baseball history, only one pitcher has a three-year period with at least 400 innings pitched, a sub-3 ERA, a sub-2.50 fielding independent pitching, we call it FIP, a sub-WIP, an adjusted ERA 50, 50% better than league average, and a strikeout rate of at least 34.4%. All of that in a three-year period. Corbin Burns and who? Who am I? MLB Network Analyst and TBS Sportscaster, Pedro Martinez. See, I'm trying to figure out how is, how is this possible. You're trying to tell me, like, Bob Gibson didn't do this? There's got to be something on here, because Bob Gibson always had a sub-3 ERA, always went over 200 innings. Like, uh, look it up. Like, Sandy Koufax, for a three straight seasons, didn't have a sub-3 ERA. There's there's one of these metrics that is something. It's probably the fi- uh, FIP. Uh, FIP, let's see. Hold yeah, he on. went over 200 innings every year. And there's okay. What was the FIP under 2.50? Right. Okay, I'm just gonna look at Bob Gibson three straight years: 66, 67, 68. He had a 2.44 ERA, a 2.98 ERA, and a 1.12 ERA. Okay. Um, what what was the? I wh- guarantee you, there's no way Pedro or Corbin Burns match that. What was the whip that you had to have under? Uh, a sub one. Um, Gibson didn't have under a one. He only did it once. Like so, it had to be under one one point. All right, look up Kofax. I'll I'll still take Gibson over the those two guys. Gibson those three years of Gibson versus those guys three years. They ever have a one point one two ERA? Uh, no. What was that? Sixty eight, right? Yeah. Because it was I mean, the look at this. Kofax, three year period, two point five four ERA. 1.88 and 1.74. And he's throwing 300 innings. Well, the one year he only gave you 184. That's what, well, I I don't think anyone's had a better short stretch than Sandy no, Koufax in the history well. of the game. But well, whatever. Corbin Burns, obviously establishing himself as one of the great pitchers in the game. I'm so confused by this because I'm looking at Koufax. For three straight years, you had to have 200 innings, right? Yeah. What was the ERA? What did ERA have to be? Uh, under three. Okay, he did that. He had and his FIP had to be under two point five, right? He did that. His WHIP was under one for three straight years. So what? what like what was the adjusted ERA fifty percent better than the league average? I, I don't. I can't. I mean, I don't have time to yeah. look that up. Strikeout rate at least thirty three point four. He ha- that's no question. Yeah, I don't think he's he, striking out three. I don't think you dudes. can look that up on a uh, fan graphs. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. We'll just go with it. It's in print. It was on the. It's on the internet. Actually, if if that's an ESPN article and it's written by an ESPN person did it, we can pretty much bank that Hembo might have done the research, and he's pretty good. All right, Brian Kane is the performance coach, and he trained under Ken Revisa, who's a longtime specialist. They're basically. Our Ben Strack, Dr. Ben Strack, my former college teammate, is now the sports psychologist for the athletics. And this is where I've talked about where sports is going. 
Sports is going neck up, not deck, neck down. Everything we had always thought for all these years, neck down. And what I mean neck down is how strong you are, how fast you are, all that kind of stuff. And over the years, like the mental side of baseball and the mental ABCs of baseball, Harvey Dorfman, I've read it. I think I got it somewhere here. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Where we start talking about the mental side of sports. And I always bring up golf because golf was really – you know, everything that we do now, golf was doing years before. Like everything we do at TrackMan and all that stuff golf did before. Golf was one of the original sports to have sports psychologists and to help these guys. So baseball has been slow to everything, right? Uh, as I sent you the clip of A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> that was such a great clip. But it talks about what you can control. And, it, and it's hard because certain people – can't get out of their own way they just can't it's how they're wired it's how they grew up there's influences it's very hard to change people and certain guys are not able to live up to their potential because they can't get out of their own way and there's so much chaos going on up here that it keeps them from getting to where they could be. And one of the things, and we always joke with Jim Harbaugh, and Harbaugh was a guy that preached this. It's simplicity and control with what you can control. I've heard Jack Nicholas talk about this. You know, I, I, I only worry about what I, I don't worry about who else is in the tournament. I don't worry about who, I, I mean, you control yourself. That's all you can, can do. You can't, you can't, you can't, I can't change Delaire. Yeah. Our boss. I can't change him. He is who he is. Can't change your coworkers. I can't change you. I've tried. I can't. I can't change anybody. I can only change me. We love Delaire. I'm just joking. But what the point is, you can't change your boss. You can't change your coworkers. You can't change your wife. You can't change your kid. Well, you can change your wife. You're just You've done that. Uh, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> it's just what, so that's, that's what took me down. The, it's just always on a T right there it, for it, me. It's what took me down the, the path to what I'm on now with all my stuff that I'll talk about after you mentioned the whole thing with Corbin yeah. Burns. I'll talk about what I do. Yeah, you, can, you, can't change, you can't change people. You can only do what you can do. You, can, you have to control you. And, and, and this article, and it takes us back to Adam Aller. Go back to YouTube and... Listen to our, our, our interview with Adam Aller where he said, I had to learn how to be a pro. I had to learn that all I can focus on is me. I need to know, I need to understand the scouting reports. I need to understand me. I need to know what the hitters are doing. He actually finally had a game plan. And his mental coach was Stephen Vogt. It's why Stephen Vogt's going to be a fabulous coach and a future manager. But it was Stephen Vogt who basically said, I'm going to take this guy under my wing and I'm going to help him and teach him how to do it. That's why certain veteran players are really important when you have a ton of young guys. Because if you go like what the Astros did, that's why um, Bo Porter, the Bo Porter, great guy, now on MLB Network, former manager. He's been on this show, friend of the program. But his teams were rudderless messes. 
because they took it down to the studs and they didn't bring any veteran guys in. They wanted them to lose. They wanted them to have the worst record. But if if you have young players like we had last year, it's good to have one or two veteran guys in there to help teach, to help explain, to help be mentors. That's what Stephen Vogt was for Adam Aller, and it's paying off. The way Adam Aller finished last year, the way he's pitching this spring, there's no question. Adam Aller is going to be here. Adam Aller is going to have a job in Major League Baseball this year with us. If it's not with us, I'd be shocked. But he's going to be with us, and and it's going to be hard not to have him in the rotation, if not be that long guy, because of how he's changed his mental approach. But the um, Kane, the, I forgot his first name, uh, Brian Kane, the middle coach working with multiple players, especially Corbin Burns, talked about we have to do the controllables. And he said he had to pound into Corbin Burns. You can't shape the Brewers roster. Think about that. You, you don't control who your teammates are. You're not the front office. You're not the owner. You don't control any of this. You don't control when the hitters swing, how the hitters swing, even though people try and tell you you can set hitters up. A hitter, a hitter is another human being. You have no idea what he's thinking. You may think you know, but you don't know. He can swing whatever. You can't control that. The umpire can't control the umpire. Can't control the strike zone. That's not on you. You can't. You just can't do it. Um, the defense behind you. You don't control the defense behind you. All the other factors that go into performance. All the stuff going on in life. You can't control any of that. All Corbin Burns could focus on was him and he got these checklists and if you've ever watched uh um admiral mcraven who is the guy that make your bed every day that's the first thing everybody should do every single morning is make your bed it's a task everybody can do where you wake up and you get a win immediately admiral mcraven look it up he gave the commencement speech at the university of texas he's a longhorn hook him and it's he's a former navy seal uh he was a part of getting bin laden He's a big-time military guy, Admiral McRaven. Google it. Listen to his speech about Navy SEALs and how to, you know, he the commencement speech, it's one of the best I've ever heard. But his thing, he's written a book. I think the book actually is Make Your Bed Every Morning, whatever it is. That's what they did with, with Corbin Burns. Make your bed every morning. Get up, make your bed, start your day with a task you can do. You get out of the gates with a win. And have a checklist of what you need to do every single day. And by getting Corbin Burns to buy into only worry about yourself, control yourself, don't worry about everything else, don't worry about the roster, don't worry about the defense, don't worry about you got to focus on yourself, it's turned him into one of the best pitchers in baseball. It's the mental side of the not, not Nothing in this article talks about grip change. Nothing talks about fundamentals. On a drive line. Dry, nothing. Nothing. Not, there's no analytics in this. How did this guy turn himself into one of the great pitchers? He did it with with a mental coach, a sports psychologist. That's how he changed his career. That's where sports is going. It's been happening in a lot of sports. It's been happening for years. They got him in the NBA, in the NFL. They got him everywhere, soccer. They got him everywhere. But, man, this is where it's going, how we are making athletes we know their talent. Everybody's talented, right? You go to the NFL Combine, everybody can run. Everybody's strong. Everybody's mean, nasty, and can tackle, right? You go to the NFL Combine, 
everybody can play. You go to the NBA, every that's the funny thing about Jordan. Jordan's not like Wilt Chamberlain or Shaquille O'Neal and is a freak or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Michael Jordan is 6'6". Have you, ever, have you ever seen that thing when Michael Jordan stands next to Shaq and Yao Ming? It was yeah. that a presenting thing? Yeah. He looks like a little tiny guy. Michael Jordan is 6'6". Michael Jordan was not – was he a strong guy? No doubt. He was 6'6". That's why – you look at what Jordan was so amazing, but Jordan wasn't the crazy, I'm bigger than everybody else. I didn't, no, he's 6'6". I can find you a bazillion 6'6 guys who play basketball. They're all they're, – you're going to be seeing how many, how many Division one how many Division one basketball teams are there? 300-something? Yeah, 320-something. Three, uh, There's 68 teams in the tournament. How many, how, many, how many teams in the NCAA tournament, 68 teams, have a guy who's 6'6"? A, a fair amount, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's Jordan. Jordan wasn't 7'4". He wasn't 7'2". He Hell, was 6'6". Six, six. Hell, Purdue was a guy that's 7'5". I mean, that that's what made Jordan great was that it was here. It was physical, but it was here. Right? And that's where sports is going. How can you? How can we turn a guy like Michael Jordan, who's 6'6", six, six, into the monster that he is? It's the fight. It's the drive. It's the heart. It's the will. It's a, but it's also... You got to be able to take care of yourself. To get to your full potential, you can't always have the barriers of "I'm worried about my boss," "I'm worried about my coworkers," "I'm worried." You got to do what you got to do. That's first and foremost. And all the noise around you, you got to block out. So I'll share what I. I feel like this is because I don't talk about it enough, and I've been asked to do stuff before about my mental mental health and, and meditation because I've been doing this for years. Like here's some of the stuff I do every day when I wake up. Now I'm not a sports star or an athlete. I'm just an everyday person with a job that is lucky to be doing what he's doing. I wake up every morning and I journal how many times I'm going to allow myself to look at social media and my phone throughout the day. I don't count Twitter during work because I'm using it for work. So I look at it for the the standpoint of after work. I do a question and answer each day in a book that my wife got me years ago for five years. Like today's question is, what's something you don't want to talk about? Like you write your answer down to that every year. What was it? Uh... Oh, what did I put for today? Um, I can't remember if it was it was I think it was something about my oh it was my family. It was something about, something with my family happened today that I didn't want to talk about. It wasn't my age. No, it wasn't no, it wasn't you turning forty nine. Um see what I did there? Giving you a win. I would like forty four would have been nice. Giving you a win. Four to four. I gratitude I would do a gratitude journal every morning. I write down ten things I'm grateful for every single day. My, my birthday. Um I you're on that you're actually on there for today, but not your birthday, just you overall. Uh, I meditate every morning for between 10 to 20 minutes every single day. That's just in the morning. So is no, it hard to do? It takes a while for you, you to – You've got to learn how to do it, right? Yes. Because I've never, I've never really done it. Is it hard like that? Because you've got to, like, clear your mind, being like a – like people are talking about you want to be – you don't want noise. Some people want to do it in the dark. So I started with – I sit in my living room and do it because my wife's asleep, the dog's with her. So I have the time to myself – just put my AirPods in, 12 to 20 minutes every day. You can do a breathing one. You can do a self-guided one. You can do one where it's just music. There's apps, right? Yeah, I use an app that I read about years ago, how the 49ers and other sports teams are using it, and I've been using the same app for what it's, six years now, and it's been life-changing. Uh, I go on a five-mile walk every single day after I'm done working. My goal is 12,000 steps every single day. I blow by that every single day, but that's my goal. I've been doing it for 
we have a step challenge with my friends, and my goal, our goal is like 50,000 a week. My goal for myself is 100,000 a week. I'm closing on a million steps since we started this challenge like seven weeks ago. So my goal before the baseball season starts is a million steps. I'm like, like 90,000 away. I'll get that before the week's over. And then at night, it's exercising downtime on your phone and putting your – like I do. I mean, you know. I oh, my, yeah. I, I put my phone on do not disturb so nobody can get through to me, and that's what I do every single day. Even when you're freaked out about a name that you're going to have to announce at an A's <laughs> event. No, it was different. I, my phone was on. Just didn't answer. You didn't answer and left me hanging, and <laughs> I was in panic mode. Like, I was calling you on a Saturday night. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing tonight? Yeah. What, you, what's your, you, what's your, you, what's your you, beverage of choice? You were not there for me. <laughs> but I, I, I just wanted to share, like, that's kind of what I do. Like, where I'm not – you know, everyday people can do it, too, not just athletes. And, you know, I will say I don't make my bed every day. That I can't because my wife works at – overnights as a nurse so she's sleeping when i get up in the morning so i can't make the bed every day but that's a good way to start my my win every morning is waking up and doing the journaling and the meditation that's something very easy for people this even the gratitude thing is a good way to start getting a win every morning brushing your teeth is a win every morning something you find is a win is something you can do that can make your day already start out on the right foot i mean you can have things that happen that start on a bad foot like i had to deal with today but that's okay it doesn't happen every day so there you guys wanted to share that. Yeah, we had a little uh in my in my hood, uh internet was down. That's true, yeah. Yeah. You can't control that. We started late. I, you can't, you know, years ago in the broadcast business, we had ISDN lines, which was a it was it was a it was a phone call essentially. And it was the greatest technology we ever had. Yeah. And I'm sad it's gone. I'm really really sad it's gone, but they did it cuz it's cheaper cuz you can all you have to do is Get the equipment and everything's through the internet. Well, it's like, let me tell you something. Us starting late today is nothing compared to what I dealt with when I was doing the Warriors championship years. And we're sitting there, we're waiting to go on, and all of a sudden Tim Roy gets knocked off the air at Oracle at Roracle, at Oracle Arena. Because the grips, knowing that the Warriors are leaving would just start pulling stuff out because they got a concert coming in or whatever, and they would take Tim Roy offline. His internet would be gone, which is Comrex, his machine, the same thing we use, is gone. So it would be myself and Matt Steinmetz are sitting down in the Crown Royal room, just sitting there. All of a sudden, you guys got to go on. You guys like, what, what? We put our headsets on and just had to start talking because Tim Roy had been knocked off the air because they took his internet out. And next thing you know, Tim Roy would get on his cell phone. This is the Warriors. This is the number one team in the United States of America at that point, right? There's nobody bigger than the Golden State. They're a global franchise, right? And their play-by-play guy was getting knocked off the air because his internet got ripped out. So next thing you know, we would carry it until Tim Roy would call back in on his phone and finish his postgame show. And that's ridiculous, right? You think that's ridiculous. That happened multiple times. So as long as we go to this technology that you want it to be run by the Internet, stuff happens. Well, Comcast, something was out. We called. They said uh, should be done about 11.15. And sure as you know what, I think they were done at 11.14. So we were supposed to start at 11. I mean, that's the one thing. That's the only thing that can take us out, power and no Internet. Yeah. And, and we're out. And both those things, what are they? Things we can't control. We can't control that. So you know what? I might have flipped out years ago, but you know what? I said, you know what? Can't control it. 
Nothing we can do. Hey, we're very calm. I was. If you're expecting A's baseball today, can't control. It's raining in Arizona. We got no baseball. Yeah. Can't baseball can't. is out. Baseball is canceled for the day. Why? Because the rain. You can't control rain in the Valley of the Sun. So Adam Muller is going to, from what I saw on MLB.com, Adam Muller will pitch tomorrow now instead of today against the Royals. I don't remember what their park is called in Arizona. No uh, clue. They play tomorrow at it's a bank. 105 Sun Pro- uh, uh, Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona. You can see, wait for it, 14-4 and four Kansas City Royals. Break up the Royals. Is there a surprise going on in Surprise? Yeah, the Surprise are the Royals. There it is. <laughs> I should have been in marketing. Yeah, I, I it, go check it out, the article. You can just put e, uh, Corbin Burns ESPN and just learn about how we're transforming these athletes into be better players where before you just had a pitching coach and if a guy couldn't throw strikes and a guy struggled with this or struggled with that, the pitching coach, oh, you're a head case. Get out of your own head. Well, thanks. Who, we we witnessed it firsthand. Sean and I learned, went to a mental mental. Uh, well, I forgot what the coach, the name of the coach, the direct, correct term was. A sports psychologist. He worked with someone, and he learned about conviction and knowing that he could actually do it. And he, look how good he was his last year here. Now he wasn't – he had a down year last year, but velocity's up now for the, the Giants. He figured it out for when he was here. I mean, the, these coaches help a lot. And just, again, as we talked about, starting the day with a win and training yourself like that, it not it doesn't have to be an athlete. It's everyday person can do it. It's – we can all start today with a win in our own right if you find the thing you know that you can get the win from. Uh, I'm going to have a win later tonight. Birthday dinner? Going to Maestro's, the steakhouse. In Santana Row? Yeah. My wife was there a few weeks ago. Said it was great. So I've been to the one in Beverly Hills, but I haven't, I haven't been to the one here. I say I don't. I can't slum it up in Beverly Hills. I don't. Yeah, they wouldn't even Lower allow level you. employee. They wouldn't, wouldn't even allow you in. Lower level employee here. I don't get down. I don't so get I'm to, going there tonight. I, is it actually in Santana Row or is it out? Is it in Santana Row? I think it is. I don't, I've never been there. My wife doesn't ask me to go. So I'm going. I'm getting myself a steak dinner before you have to. You got to buy me a steak dinner before first pitch. Yeah, I figure we could. Do, we have two days off before the season starts. Three, we can do it. I'm, in there. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I will be ready to go. But I'm going to go get me a fat ribeye tonight. I would say I'm going to watch college basketball, but. Pits in the tournament after yesterday, so I, I'm I have a actually going to someone's birthday celebration later, and Los Gatos. I can't believe they're going to let me go there either. Really going to LG tonight? huh? Yeah, the uh, number one Broadway. I think the place is called. Yeah, it's never been, been there before. Been around a long time. Supposed to go there and for someone's thirtieth. I think it's a thirtieth birthday too. So there we go. Well, that's going to do it for us. Unfortunately, we don't. We're not throwing it to, to Ace Baseball. And we got a lot of so tomorrow we got to get into this. It's 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 funny. We're gonna predict what we're not. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna tell you about predictions and then probably rip on it of the top five teams going up and the top five teams going down. We have to do that tomorrow. Oh, and then you know something. I don't know how much. Maybe we'll float a trial balloon here because we were doing the Cubbies. We figured out something. And then we were talking about the south side of Chicago. And now we, we actually learned some geography yesterday. I did not realize how close Notre Dame and South Bend, Indiana <laughs> is to Lake Michigan. 
It's really close to Lake Michigan on the other side of the border. It now makes sense why at the end of the football season, games at Notre Dame are in the snow. Now it makes sense. For sure, yeah. The cold and the moisture coming off the lake dumps a ton of snow on them. I, I know we're t- – Now it makes sense. I, Matt, we always knew why Soldier Field was so freezing cold. It's because it's right there on the lake. Now I, I thought I thought Notre Dame was like middle Indiana. It's not. It's like right near – it's not that far from the water. I think it's off of I-80 because I took 70 across when I moved here. So I think it's off 80 because I w- could have went through something. I-80 is going through Sacramento. I know. I could have taken 70 or 80 when I came out here, and I took 70, I'm pretty sure. So That's I think same eight, I-80? So if I get if we go I-80 through SAC, I can get to South Bend, Indiana? I, I have to look at the map. Um, so we were just, like, you know, fooling around, and we started looking at the Cubs. Folks. I thought we were going to be off there by now. Oh, wow. Folks, I something I think A's fans need to realize and it's a lot, there's a lot being said, and there's a lot of excuses, and we've heard many excuses for many, many years. And it comes from a Dansby Swansby article. Swanson. Swanson. I keep I keep adding <laughs> Swansby with Swanson. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, where he talks about, you know, coming to Chicago is a big deal. Chicago sports fans are a big deal because he says basically in Atlanta, it's kind of a big deal. And he's right because in Atlanta – the biggest thing they care about in Atlanta is what? College football. College football. It's Georgia and Georgia Tech. It's number one year-round. It's not Falcons. It's not Braves. Not Tomahawk Chop. Not not uh, not Hawks. Not your Dominique Wilkins-led Hawks. It's college football. The South loves college football. SEC, baby. And Georgia's won the national title a couple of years in a row, and they're, they're king. Georgia, I mean, I was – trust me. Back-to-back I, years, right? Yeah, I was just there. I was at I was in Augusta, Georgia. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, at, at for the Masters last year in April. Everything's Georgia. Every everywhere they go is Georgia, and that that was after just winning one title. Now they've won back to back years, and he's right. Like Atlanta's been a fickle sports town, and I was like, man, all the stuff we've dealt with. I just want to throw this stat at you: the Chicago Cubs. Just to get the historic stuff right here, we've been looking some stuff up because you don't hear you hear a lot of things and a lot of excuses. And what you know what football coaches always said about excuses. But so we're going to look up the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs started playing baseball in 1903. Okay. The new the Oakland Athletics started playing in 1968. Not Philadelphia, not Kansas City, the Oakland Athletics. The Chicago Cubs, 1903, 1903 to, to, to now 2023. Have been to the playoffs how many times? Oh, I did the on the I did the full hundred years of the franchise. That's well, they started in nineteen oh three. Yeah, that'd be that'd be hundred and twenty. You went back to the Chicago Orphans? Whatever whatever it was. Baseball, baseball reference had the entire franchise, 147 years. You went back to the Chicago Colts? Yeah, it's, I guess I went back that far. But in the, in the time that they've Let's been, go since they've been the Cubs, 1903. I'd, I'd have to look that up then. It's less playoff appearances? It'd be less, I think. Let me, let oh, me just wow. double check. Yeah, there's a reason why they were called the lovable, lovable losers. 
But that's fine. We can do that. Let's go back to what year you want to go back. Are we going to go back all the way to they were the Chicago White Stockings in 1876? It, it says in here from 1876 to 2022. All right, so it's even worse, A's fans. It's even worse. The Chicago White Sox, I mean, the Chicago Cubs have been playing under certain names since 1876. So it would be two less, it looks like. Since 1903? Since uh, 1886. It would be two less times that they've done it. So anyway, let, let, you're, you're killing my bit here. No, no, no I'm saying I'm, it's actually worse now. I know. So uh, what are we going with? How many years? We'll start with the we'll start with the Chicago Cubs. 1903. Yes. So since 1903, the Chicago – remember, your A's have been here since 1968. The Cubs – 1903. There is Chicago Cubs, 1903. How many times have the Chicago Cubs been to the postseason? Looks like 21 times. 21 times. 1903 till 2023, 21 times. Yep, 21. The so A's, my number was right. The A's, who've only been around since 1968 in Oakland, have been how many times? 21. So, 1903 to 19 to 2023, compared to 1968 to 2023, the A's have provided in a town, you can call it the town, the A's have provided entertainment galore compared to Chicago. And the White Sox are even worse. It's like 11 times in their history they've been to the postseason. It's 11. It's 11, it's correct. And you think of how much, doesn't matter what the the owners have all changed for the Cubs, the owners have all changed for the White Sox, they've all had their drama. You do not want to go over attendance with the Chicago Cubs. I'll, I'll give you even one better. How about the Chicago Bears? The Chicago Bears have been a train wreck forever. They've been filling Wrigley Field and Soldier Field for all these years. They didn't win anything. They won in 85, and that's it. The days back at Gale Sayers and Dick Buckus, they were terrible. I mean, it is crazy. When, when if, if I could bring up video after video of what's going on there right now about A's and A's fans and the excuses and all the stuff of why everybody's angry, and I could say, do you realize you've been to the playoffs from 68 to now as many times as the Cubs have been in their entirety? and more than the White Sox in their entirety. In their entirety. The Cubs, in 2011 and 12, basically told their fan base, we're not trying to win, just not doing it. Do you have their attendance figures? Uh, I do. And by the way, Wrigley, Wrigley doesn't have parking. Yeah, they got some bars around there. They've sp- It's gotten a lot better now. Been to Wrigley, they got some bars. That's, it's in an old neighborhood, cool. They've got their the L the L line or whatever the hell it's called. C L yeah. And they got bar. They got the Cubby Bear and they got the they got some bars, but there's no parking. It's super expensive. They told their teams uh, the stadium's not comfortable by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what were they what, what were they drawing? What what year were we looking at? Give me eleven. What were the what was the record? Well, two thousand eleven, they lost ninety one games. They drew. They lost ninety one games. They drew over three million. It was like three point zero 
one eight. It just gets worse. What were they in twelve? Sixty one and one oh one. We lost a hundred and two. They lost a hundred and one. What did they draw? Two point we'll round up two point nine million. This is a team that never got I mean, they had a they 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 had a little run in sixteen. Over their history, they've been terrible. Terrible. You know how many owners, GMs, managers, players the Cubs have had since two since nineteen oh three? 1903, they've only been in the playoffs 21 times. I just looked because we're doing the Pirates tomorrow. And the Pirates have been around since, 19, since 1882, but I looked from 1903 on. 17. Yeah. Do you realize the success that the Oakland A's have had compared to all these other franchises? It's crazy. It's crazy. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. It's like it doesn't exist. It's like. We we were doing you you just look look at the Cubs attendance they're getting three million people and in 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 well they're getting two point nine that was our magical year of twenty twelve they lost a hundred and one you think they were happy like we're all Lou Wolf and the Tarps you think they're happy with their attendance and, and, and you think they were happy with their team in twenty twelve when they lost a hundred and one games right yeah. 2012, that's 100. All right, 2013, what was their record? We're going to win. We win the division in 2013. 66 and 96. They drew 2.6 million. 2.6 million to lose 96 games, and we win our division. We were just looking at this, and, like, you couldn't believe it. You cannot believe the success of our franchise versus these other franchises. You just can't. You just can't. The amount of winning since 1960, and then you'll have, I mean, I, I'm so glad we don't have a text line because there'd be a million excuses. There'd be a million excuses, but you can't, people in Chicago are going to show up. They're going to show, hey, back in the day, do you have what they used to be like in the 80s? Because in the yep. 80s, it wasn't, they were not drawn huge. Let's see, in 19, what's what's this pick of year? How about, what was their worst year in the 80s? Their worst year in the 80s would have been 19. The 1983, they lost 91 games. They drew 1.48 million, almost 1.5. Think about that. And that wasn't wasn't rip-roaring party Wrigley either. And then you had other teams. Back back in those days, teams would draw under a million. Uh, Like we just did. Like what did we just have this year, 700,000? Almost 800, yeah. Like here you go. 2005, they went 79. Uh, 2004, they went. Where's the year? They, okay. 2006, they went 66 and 96. They drew 3.123 million fans. What was that record again? 66 and 96. 66 and 96. And they drew what? 3.123 million. Wow. Think they were happy with ownership? I don't think they were happy with anything. You're trying to tell me the bars were that great back in 2005? Yeah, yeah the Cubby Bear is a bar. I mean, it's not – I mean, the bars are bars. It's not like it's not like a three-ring circus there. I know they've done a lot of, since I've been there. They've changed a lot, but they're just bars. They had bars. You just don't get 3.1 million – I mean, a lot of it's some of the same people, but you don't get 3.1 million attendants because you got a couple bars and no parking. Yeah. No parking. They got no parking. There's no – I mean – I, if there's parking lots, I mean, you could people will park in people's front place, whatever. 
I don't see a whole lot of parking. There wasn't parking lots. There wasn't a parking lot around Wrigley, and they're getting 3 million people or 3 – to say 3 million – when we say 3 million, people act like it's not 3 unique. It's not 3 million unique, whatever, but the attendance was 3 million for a horrible team in 2005. Horrible. Horrible. Doesn't matter. They show up. It's impressive. But once again, there's not many teams since the A's moved west, 1968, to where we are now that have had that much more success than we have had. It's not many. You've gone, you've gone to the playoffs as many times as the Cubs since they started in 1903. Um, but around the same, if you go back even further, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's literally crazy. No one talks about that. And you, oh, everybody in their big, bold opinions on YouTube. It's, a, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. Speaking of Wes, real quick before we go. Remember how we played the sound from Colin Cowherd about him, him saying, well, you know, I heard from a source a shift is going to be banned. Oh, there's another one. Yes, it hadn't, wasn't baseball related. Uh, Jason McIntyre, his uh, update anchor on the show, said, uh, I believe the stat is there hasn't been a team since 1997 that, that's won a national title in college basketball the, uh, west of the Mississippi. Guess he didn't realize that Baylor and uh, and uh, Kansas were west of the Mississippi, the last two national champions of college basketball. And when did Kansas win again? Before that, they uh, they were yeah they did like oh eight somewhere in there, but they yeah and then it was um, the last two champions, Baylor and Kansas, both play where west of the Mississippi. So that's that's already flawed because the ninety seven was Arizona that won. I, I don't know how Colin, Colin Cowherd is still on the air. No offense. Wasn't him that said it, but still, it was on his show. But he said a lot of things <laughs> late. It's, it's just, you know, when he says, I have a source. This was three months after they announced there's going to be no shifting. I have a source that says they're not going to shift anymore. It's like, what? Do you think they'll remove the shift? Do you think that's in play? I was told by somebody who would know that the baseball, the, the shift is out. Wow. And, that by would the be way, exciting. and that's a smart move by baseball. Yeah. Why? More base runners. That was said three months after the official <laughs> announcement that the shift was going to happen, the, the the rule against the shift. They're acting like they got some news. It's breaking. Like, how, how – like, who's producing that show? Well, it's not our friend anymore, so – I mean – We know we knew the guy that used to do it. I mean, how are people, like, going, man, you, you – seriously, you, you guys are – because it's one thing if you do that and you're getting tons of ratings, then you can get up there and do whatever. You could have – monkeys dancing around you and you're if you're getting ready, ratings but if you're not getting ratings and you're doing that yeah, not good that's not good uh yes ace baseball is rained out today we're back tomorrow who we play tomorrow royals because we don't do makeup games hottest team in cactus league royals it's a battle it's about bobby Woodson. i think he's playing at wbc so he won't be there but then we're uh we're going to preview the pirates tomorrow Folks, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock with a little A's cast live. We're previewing the Buccos, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Raise the Jolly Roger. With the guy who's coined that term, Greg Brown. He's uh, he's always uh, He's our guy. Greg Brown will be on tomorrow. We'll talk a lot of A's baseball. Who's going up? Who's going? It's a who's going up? Who's going down Thursday? Yeah, God. I was in sports talk way too yeah, long. Uh, clearly. Way too long. Thank you for listening, everybody. Enjoy some great WBC games tonight. What do we got tournament? Do we have playing games? 
Uh, yeah, I think there are a couple playing games tonight. Got some playing games. Enjoy, and we'll see everybody tomorrow right here. A's Cast Live at 11 a.m. Oh, you know what we should do on the way out? Quickly, play the spring training video. Oh, I I, I mean, not spring training. Um, I took it away because I didn't think we were going to play it. Uh, hold on. Um, okay, well, it's going to start playing. All right, ready? Fantasy. This has been one of the coolest experiences in my life, especially like in my in baseball. The importance of stretching every morning because if you want to last all week. Camaraderie on the field, cheering your, your teammates on, sharing experiences, sharing the things that you see with different pitchers. Great job. Absolutely building all these friendships and memories with the players. It doesn't matter if you've ever played before, you will have a blast out here. It's just incredible. Having the treatment of a big leaguer is something that not a lot of people get to experience, and that is first and foremost the opportunity provided here. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.